This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Insurance Marketing Organization podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews IMO experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their IMOs, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Steve Levine of Cortical.io that delivers business solutions that accurately classify, extract, and search information within unstructured documents based on a natural <laughs> language understanding innovation inspired by neuroscience. Steve. Seth, you got that perfect. Yes. Well, okay. thank you. I had to practice. It's a little bit of a mouthful. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. No problem. All right. So what does all that mean in English? So what that means in English is the idea of lots of people have spent many years trying to figure out how to actually understand, you know, human language. And there have been a number of challenges going back way to the 1950s. If you remember a program called ELISA, which basically played psychologists to say, you'd say something, it would ask a question very limited understanding of what words meant, etc. Um, over the years, lots of progress, um, lots of effort in machine learning. But the challenge is, especially with unstructured documents, you don't know where the information is. So you actually have to have a deep understanding of what's being said and what's the context. Um, classic example we use is, you know, you may have a natural language understanding or processing that understands Jaguar. But the question is, does it actually understand the context? Is it talking about Jaguar, the car? Is it talking about Jaguar, the automobile, et cetera? And so what we've done at Cortical IO is basically use built a approach that uses neuroscience that matches the uh, human cortex in terms of trying to understand and represent language. That was a mouthful too. Hopefully that explained it a bit. It does. It does. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? So I actually joined Cortical IO a couple of years ago, but the history of the company is actually pretty interesting. So the company has been around for a while and it's gone through, well, I would say, three stages. The first stage was a research project funded by the Austrian government to really come up with a different approach to natural language understanding. The founders basically had a background in medicine and had tried to write some applications that dealt with patents, another great example of unstructured data. Um, so they spent the first couple of years creating this um, approach based on neuroscience, based on some work um, that was done in the US around something called intelligent brains. So that was the first phase. Second phase was applying this technology. And so if you look at our website, we had done a number of projects, uh, bespoke projects with large organizations like Ericsson, like Procter & Gamble, Shell. But the challenge with, as any entrepreneur knows, is it's a real challenge scaling up a consulting business. 
because none of it's repeatable. So I joined about two years ago as the company was trying to make a pivot or making a pivot from doing bespoke projects to how do we take some of the learnings that we have from those projects and build products around it. And how has that gone? It's, you know, and I've been through this with a number of other startups. It's a challenge because the mindset is totally different from a startup um, that's doing consulting to doing products. It's gone relatively successfully because what we've done is I've identified two key products based on the kinds of projects we had done. The first one is called Contract Intelligence. Um, that basically takes and extracts and searches information from unstructured documents that could be contracts in the insurance use case, it's policies and booklets and message intelligence, which basically triages incoming emails. Again, a classic insurance application is the idea of submissions or claims being able to classify them and wrap them appropriately. You know, it's the classic How do we build a product in terms of do we have release cycles? What's the documentation look like? Those are all some of the challenges you get into when you go from consulting to product. And who is an ideal user, client, or customer of of these products and services? So anybody who deals with large amounts of paperwork classic. So insurance is a classic example. A great user is somebody who deals with group benefits. Quote specialists in general have to deal with looking at prior carrier documents, competitive documents, and what they need to do is pull out key information, you know, information about how the policy is structured, etc. And so what the contract intelligence product does an incredibly great job of is basically pulling out the specific information, not only pulling it out, but also making inferences, being able to decide even if the wording is different, the meaning might be the same. And that's actually one of the key differentiations of the technology is whether or not you have a phrase that looks completely different if the meaning is the same, it will actually be able to search and match that. So in the insurance industry, we found use cases for group benefits. The other one in property and casualty, we have a large PNC company who deals with affiliates. And so what they do is they send out a standard contract and the challenge is they get something back from the affiliate. They need to compare and match it. Classic red line doesn't work there. Again, they have to look at the meanings of what's going on. And then the final one for message intelligence is again, classic triage, you know, companies that are faced with thousands or tens of thousands of email on a daily basis, how do they actually make sure that they're quick in responding? Insurance is one use case. The other one that's interesting is a lot of business process outsourcers are instead of throwing bodies at it, are looking at technology to how to improve. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. How do you, you mentioned a number of different use cases. What's the other side of it? What is the transformation that occurs when we've got something like this to power that intelligence? What does it do for us? Is this a, is it saving time? Is it saving money? Is it making, right. uh, avoiding lawsuits? What is the, what do I say? Man, I'm so glad I used Cortical because they blank. And the answer to that, all of that is yes. And so the first thing is, let's take the group benefits example. The first one is if a quote specialist has to spend 15, 20, 30 minutes reviewing a prior contract, if we can cut that down by 50, 60, 70%, that's an immediate time savings. 
The other thing that is a benefit um, is the idea of accuracy. Humans are not perfect, regardless of what everybody says. And so the challenge is, are you accurately getting that information out? And so one of the things about the technology is it allows people a high level of accuracy in terms of pulling information out, extracting it, making sure it's the right information. Another sort of hidden issue that we run into that we provide benefit for is you have, you know, some companies have 30, 50, 100 quoting specialists. They may interpret things differently based on their experience. One of the things about using a product like contract intelligence is there's consistency around, you know, interpretations. So you don't run into one analyst, one quote specialist may interpret things one way, another may interpret things the other way. And then the accuracy is an advantage. The benefit is liability, right? If you miss a clause, you could be liable for something you're not aware of. And so the answer back to your question is, you know, all of the above. It saves time, it saves money, it reduces liability. And you are kind of at the forefront of big data, AI, machine learning, all of it combining together. What are some of the trends you're kind of seeing? Where is the puck going in the next few years? So where the puck has been, let's talk about where the puck has been. In terms of dealing with these documents, there's a sort of area that the couple of analysts have named intelligent document processing. And so where the puck has been is dealing with very structured documents, easy to extract information. Doesn't really need a bunch of machine learning. Exactly where in the document you're going to find that piece of information. The next stage was semi-structured information. You look at a claim and it may have one line item or it may have 10 line items. That becomes more difficult, but still a solvable problem. Where things are going in the next couple of years is being able to do a better job of extracting information from the wide range of you know, unstructured documents, not only in insurance industry, but in a wide range of industries. One of the things that we see so there are a couple of things. One is if you've watched the news over the past couple of months, there have been significant issues about these large natural language models, GPT-3, et cetera, in terms of the amount of energy that they consume. As our founders likes to say, you know, the brain works on a couple of watts versus the megawatts that it takes to build these models. And so the idea is, can you be more efficient and more carbon sensitive in terms of your application. So the idea is people have built incredibly large models. They get to some level of sophistication and some level of accuracy. And it's reaching the point of diminishing returns. You can go from, you know, a million uh, examples to a billion examples to 10 billion examples to build that machine learning. It doesn't get much better, but it costs a lot more energy. So the trend going forward is to figure out more efficient ways to get to natural language understanding. And we believe the approach we have is one of the sort of on the forefront of that. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? The biggest challenge is you know, expanding out. Uh, one of the challenges on any leading edge sort of technology is you can get to the folks who are at the front of the curve in terms of willing to take risks, dealing with um, innovation folks, things like that. The challenge is, and if you go back to Jeffrey Moore, Tornado is how do we get to Main Street? 
we're definitely there in terms of the leading edge, the people who are willing to take risks and understand the challenges they have and the benefits this can provide is how do you make that sort of more main street? That's probably the biggest challenge as it is for any leading edge technology. Is there a use case on a smaller scale? Are there businesses of a smaller size that could benefit from the technology? Without a doubt, there everybody, company large or small, is faced with that. Part of our challenge from a company is our delivery mechanism. Right now, we're basically a software company and we deliver it to large companies who either have it in-house or run it in a private cloud or run it on Amazon.com. Where we haven't gotten to, and you know, it's more of a business issue than a technology issue, is how do we create that software as a business, sort of the Salesforce model of anybody can basically use this. The other challenge we have is you know, a side effect of part of the value we provide. One of the things that we're very good at in terms of natural language understanding is to be able to tune it to the exact needs of an organization. Insurance organization looks at a life policy or a long-term benefits disability policy. So we can basically train it to be very specific to their needs. And so the challenge is for smaller companies, do we take the classic sort of software as a service that make it less tuned to their specific needs and make it broadly available? And so that's some of the challenges we have to make it more accessible to smaller organizations. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you do? My background is, you know, computer science degree, technologist, I've been in Silicon Valley for 100 years or more. So the first is working with smart people and incredibly great technology. That's in the morning. But what really gets me up in the morning is technology is cool, but unless you can figure out how to apply it to a business problem, to me, the great thing about being a marketeer is how do you take that technology and figure out how it can be a benefit to somebody's specific problem. And the interesting thing about that is you can normally just point at technology and say, it's obvious you should do that because it's much better without realizing that there are a bunch of cultural and social issues around it. Adopting technology is less about the technology itself and more how an organization is built and how it's used to doing things and how you make the transition, not only from a technology point of view, but from a social and organizational point of view. You are a voracious learner. What are some of the books you've read that have been some of your favorites that have influenced your career? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know that I can come up with books that have influenced my career. Um, I've obviously read Jeffrey Moore, his approach to things. Probably what's more interesting is some of the books that I've read that don't relate to my career. I'm in the middle of reading can't even remember the name, but it's a book about the pandemic by the guy who wrote Michael, um, Michael, Michael Lewis. Lewis. Right. And it's not called Pandemonium, uh, Preconception, something like that. And it's great just listening to how people have approached problems. And so it doesn't necessarily apply specifically to the, my career, but it is interesting how people have worked within organizations to try and get things done. For our folks who are watching or listening and want to learn more, where is the best place for us to send them? Oh, of course, our website, um, cortical.io, um, has a lot of information. We have articles, we have videos, we have white papers. 
things like that. But in addition to that, we also have a Bright Talk channel. So those who are familiar with Bright Talk, there's a number of videos and assets up there. We, of course, have a YouTube channel. And then finally, probably it's interesting to watch us on social media, as every company has their social media um, approach. So we have a company page on LinkedIn, and then you can follow us on Twitter at cortical underscore IO, uh, at cortical underscore IO to follow us in terms of Twitter feeds. And one of the things that is of interest to us is not necessarily just our product per se, but what's going on in the world of natural language processing, what's going on in the world of machine learning. And so there are a lot of things that we'll tweet about, not necessarily about our product, but what's going on in the industry. All right. This has been Seth Green with Steve Levine from Cortical.io. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, glad to do it. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening, and we'll talk to you or see you next time.